Hello, my friends. It's your buddy, Phil, Project Management Trainer and Coach. Welcome to the PMP Exam Radio Show. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you once again. It's weekend. Thank goodness. Lots of us are going to catch up on PMP Exam stuff this weekend. Well, today, I want to set the record straight for what exactly Scrum is. I heard some of the most disparaging remarks this week about Scrum, people saying all sorts of bad things about Scrum and Agile, and it just showed me that a lot of PMs still are like the resistance. They're holding on to that idea that nothing works except it's predictive. Now, I want to correct that. Go to PMI's publication, The Agile Practice Guide. Take a look at page 14. Take a look at the Stacy Complexity Model. It's right there for you to see that there is a case to be made for both Agile and Predictive as well as Hybrid. So, talking about Agile, you've heard me say this before. Out of the firms that use Agile, 90 percent of those firms use either elements of Scrum or Scrum itself. And that tells you that Scrum is very important. So when you go to the Scrum Guide to learn a little bit about Scrum, it says, the Scrum Guide contains the definition of Scrum and each element of the framework serves a specific purpose that is essential to the overall values and results realized with Scrum. So the bottom line is, don't change it, especially those who are new to Scrum, use it as is. It says changing the core design of Scrum, leaving out elements or not following the rules of Scrum covers up problems and limits the benefits of Scrum. So what exactly is Scrum? You could say Scrum is a framework within which people can address complex problems, complex adaptive problems and at the same time creatively delivering products of the highest possible value. There's a book I have by Ken Schwaber. It's called Agile Project Management with Scrum and it reads, Scrum turns small teams into managers of their own fate. We know that when we are responsible for choosing our own driving route to Boston, we'll find a way to get there. So have you ever heard of a self-organizing team? What happens when you make the self-organizing team truly a self-managed team, an autonomous team? They find a way to get there. And that is one of the joys and pleasures of Scrum. Scrum allows the team to find a way to make it happen. The Scrum framework consists of Scrum teams and the associated roles, events, and artifacts. You often hear me say 353, product owner, Scrum master, and team, and that's it. So... If the team or the organization were to remove or alter any of the components of their rules, they're no longer using Scrum, like I said. So we want to keep Scrum intact. My advice would be keep it intact, try it out, use it in its entirety, and go from there. So let's talk about the 353 of Scrum. Three roles. What are the roles? Product owner, scrum master, and the team. Let's talk about the product owner real quick. The product owner is responsible for maximizing the value of the product and the work of the development team. One of the primary ways the product owner manages this work is through the concept of a product backlog. Hold on to that thought. 
The product owner is accountable for the order of the items in the product backlog for ensuring that the items are clearly understood and that the product backlog is transparent to the Scrum team and other stakeholders in the organization. When you hear about the product owner owning what is in the backlog from a prioritization perspective, there are many ways you can prioritize the backlog. You can do this by looking at risks associated with backlog items, but you can also do it primarily by looking at value first. Does it add value? And then take a look at the risks and other parameters. There's also a concept, the cost of delay. We should factor that in when we think about how to prioritize backlog items. It is not uncommon to see product owners manage a backlog all on their own, but at the same time, they could involve the development team in the work. The product owner, though, remains accountable at all times. Now, let's talk about the development team. We also refer to these as the developers. You may also hear the development team simply being called the team. So the folks who are doing the work, the development team, are those who are executing those tasks to get the work done. The development team is a cross-functional and self-organizing team, like I said in the beginning. And while individuals often have specialized skills or areas of focus, accountability belongs to the team as a whole. So as a team, we hold each other mutually accountable. Development teams tend to have between three and nine team members. This is actually the recommended number. If you read the Agile Practice Guide, you find that number to be identical. So between three to nine members, smaller than three may result in a skill gap. And that makes it difficult to deliver potentially releasable items during a sprint. Larger than nine results in a level of complexity that makes coordination, self-organization, and empirical management difficult. The Scrum Master is responsible for ensuring that the Scrum process is understood and used skillfully by the Scrum team. Scrum Masters do this by acting as a guide. You could also call them a servant leader to the organization on Scrum theory, practices, and rules. The Scrum Master is often described as a servant leader role, and this description means that the Scrum Master helps by leading rather than coercing, rather than beating people over the stick. You know, there's often a question that I pose to students. I say, true or false? The role of the project manager and the Scrum Master are identical, and people say true. No, it's not true. The traditional project management role of centralized management, centralized leadership is far from what we try to do in Scrum. In the world of Scrum, what we espouse is decentralized management. So the Scrum Master does not have authority over the team. The Scrum Master ensures that the product owner, development team, and organization as a whole understand how Scrum can be used and helps them to accomplish and align their goals. And there you have it. Product owner, Scrum Master, and team. Now you've got a robust understanding enough to build on why don't we talk a little bit more about how the Scrum Master serves the team and the product owner. The Scrum Master serves the team in different ways, including coaching the team, coaching them in self-management and cross-functionality, helping the Scrum team focus on creating high-value increments and meeting the definition of done, causing the removal of impediments, obstacles, blockers from the team's progress, and ensuring that all Scrum events take place and are positive, productive, and kept within the time box. There's often a misconception that Scrum Masters should always run the daily Scrum. Nothing is further from the truth. Saying that the Scrum Master is accountable? No, don't do that. They are not accountable for the daily Scrum. They are not responsible for the daily Scrum. Instead, they are accountable to ensure that those Scrum events take place and are positive, productive, and kept within the time box. Now, the Scrum Master also serves the product owner, 
in different ways, including helping find techniques for effective product goal definition and product backlog management. Because a product owner doesn't know everything, remember, the Scrum Master is the coach, the servant leader. The Scrum Master also helps the Scrum team understand the need for clear, concise product backlog items. We talk about the INVEST acronym. We want our user stories to be independent, negotiable, vertical and valuable, estimable, small enough to fit within a sprint, and testable. So all of those qualities need to be put into view. And the Scrum Master helps the product owner to have a clear and concise array of backlog items. Scrum Master also serves the product owner by helping establish empirical product planning for a complex environment. In other words, when we plan, we plan based on reality. We don't plan based on a pie-in-the-sky idea that has not been tested and validated. The Scrum Master also serves the product owner by facilitating stakeholder collaboration as requested or needed. And that's the key. If the team requests something or if the product owner requests something, then of course the Scrum Master is a servant leader and should, within reason, within boundaries, make it happen. So asking the Scrum Master to do what is outside their stated authority or capability doesn't make sense. Now let's talk about the organization itself. The Scrum Master should be involved in leading, training, and coaching the organization in its Scrum adoption, planning and advising Scrum implementations within the organization, helping employees and stakeholders understand and enact an empirical approach for complex work and removing barriers between stakeholders and Scrum teams. So when we take a look at the role of the Scrum Master, there is a lot of detail because it's one of service. We serve the team, we serve the product owner, we serve the organization. Now we've talked a little bit about the Scrum Master, let's dive in a little bit deeper into the developers. So the developers are those folks, like I said, who are committed to getting the work done, committed to creating any aspect of a usable increment each sprint. The specific skills needed by the developers are often broad and will vary with the domain of work. However, developers are always accountable for creating a plan for the sprint. So we talk about sprint planning, we talk about the sprint backlog. Well, guess who's responsible? Guess who's accountable? The team, the developers. The developers are also responsible for instilling quality by adhering to a definition of done. There needs to be a definition of done in a team charter. Also the definition of ready in a team charter. The team is also responsible and accountable for adapting their plan each day towards the sprint goal and holding each other accountable as professionals. The idea is we have hired adults and they are able to function to the level that we expect. Let's talk about the product owner. Now you've got enough understanding of the basics of the product owner, I want you to think about the product owner as a CVO. Now you hear CIO, CTO, CFO, but now I, I want to give you another C, CVO, Chief Value Officer. Why? Because the product owner is accountable for maximizing the value of the product resulting from the work of the Scrum team. And how this is done could vary widely, but the bottom line is the product owner is accountable for effective backlog management, developing and explicitly communicating the product goal, creating and clearly communicating product backlog items. So if the team is stuck, who are you going to call? Product owner. The product owner is also accountable 
for ordering the product backlog items based on a number of parameters which could include value primarily, risk, and also cost of delay, urgency, and other factors. The product owner should be ensuring that the product backlog is transparent, visible, and understood. And the product owner, even if they were to delegate this, like I said, still accountable. For product owners to succeed, the entire organization needs to look at them with respect. Respect their decisions. These decisions are visible in the content and ordering of the product backlog. For someone asking to bump up their user story because the product owner just doesn't get it, they're not respecting the position. They're not respecting the role. It is important to realize that the product owner is one person. We're not talking about a committee here. The product owner may represent the needs of many stakeholders in the product backlog, but ultimately we're talking about one individual. Those wanting to change the product backlog can do so by trying to convince the product owner. Now, a trick question that you typically see on some exams is, you've got an item that's new. Someone wants to put it in the backlog. What should you do? A, tell the product owner. B, put it in the backlog yourself. C, tell the person to put it in the backlog. And the general idea is the product backlog could have a number of things in it. You could put anything you want in the backlog, but the question is, will it be done? Getting in the backlog is step zero. Convincing the product owner to do it, that's step one. And then when the product owner is convinced, the question is, where does it lie in priorities? So there are many facets and parameters to think about when you take a look at Scrum. Now that you've got a great idea about the roles, in our next episode, we'll take a look at some of the events of Scrum. See you in the next episode. And remember, if you are getting ready for the PMP exam, head on down to the website, praizion.com, and let's help you get to your goal. Take care and bye for now. PMP exam, big deal. I can do it all on my own. Only no one to help me. Caution, Tiger. You may find that that disposition to the exam is not entirely helpful. Yeah, after all, everyone's passing the exam. I'm gonna do it. All by myself. I don't need nobody's help. Oh! I got hurted. Well, I did tell you to proceed with caution, young man. You may want to consult with a coach for the PMP exam. Why don't you go on down to pmanonymous.com find out some of the help that's available for you. Yeah, I probably should.